unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? I'm so excited. I am excited too, and the viewers can see this, the listeners are going to have to wait a couple of seconds to find out why we're so excited, but what do we got going on for this week's episode of the Copywriters Podcast? Okay, well, listen to this. Our guest today is million-dollar Mike Morgan, who has broken sales record after sales record with his sales letters and VSLs. Mike is now copy chief for Money Map Press, a major direct response publisher. He's also a still very active copywriter. He doesn't have time for many podcast interviews, so we're especially grateful he could join us today. Here's why he's here. Let's say you've just written a great sales letter for a product launch. Well, guess what? Your work is not done yet. You still need emails, lots of them, to your list, to your new customers after they buy, and to affiliates to mail out for you. Plus, you also need ads and advertorials to get prospects to your page. Oh, and don't forget, these have to be done fast. Well, Mike has a, just the solution to your problem, and I've got to say it's pretty cool. In fact, what Mike has to say is much cooler than what I'm telling you now. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast and most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. Mike, thanks for being here. Welcome back. And um, I'm excited about today's show. Well, thank you for having me. You were the genesis of this whole of this whole thought. Just so I preview this for everybody, um, I did a presentation at Money Map Press. Um, we're part of Agora. Um, I did a presentation for our 14 new copywriters, and uh, a lot of the stuff that I do, I do it like unconscious. And uh, the Master Jedi, David Garfinkel, helped me to get that unconscious stuff into the conscience. So thank you. You're welcome. And to elaborate on that a little bit, Mike does all the things that he's going to tell us about today. In other words, when he writes a promotion, he may have to rapid fire come up with lifts, which is agora speak for emails, as well as advertorials, ads, and you know, he, he might have two or three or four months for um, a copy, although what he's going to talk about today will also help you write copy faster. But he doesn't have two or three or four months for those um, pieces that are what he calls the ad to, for the ad, the pieces that are going to get prospects to the page. So he knows how to do it, but he didn't know how to tell other people how he did it. He just did it, you know? Um, uh, he was sort of like a Nike shoe. He would just do it. And so 
he called me up and he said, Hey, uh, could you help me unpack my unconscious mind? And I said, well, that's a scary thought, but, um, we managed to limit it to, you know, um, how he does all these things really fast. Um, After a couple of scary things anyway, right? (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. Some very scary. Yes. And, um, so, um, what what's interesting is this is not some kind of Svengali mystical, you know, focus, focus, focus kind of stuff. This is basically taking a lot of the things that you've already done, or if you're doing this for another copywriter, that the copywriter has already done and leveraging that. So you don't have to start from scratch, which unfortunately is where a lot of people start when they're trying to come up with ads for the ad. So uh, Mike, why don't you w- walk through, you know, what you discovered and, um, um, you know, w- what are some of the actual step-by-steps and some examples and, and uh, you know, how people can avoid roadblocks and so forth? Well, let's see. So for this presentation, I went through the exact same process I'm going to teach. <laughs> and, you know, it's all about this, you know, fast first draft. And, you know, a lot of times when you're writing your first draft, well, with me anyway, maybe 10, maybe if I'm lucky, 20% of it makes it to the like, final. Um, so um, a lot of this is about, like, letting go of your ego. And um, Gary Halbert had this great little exercise that he has to do at a seminar. And that was where you wrote your name on a piece of paper and then he had to crumble it up and throw it away. And he said, you know, that's your ego, you know, tear that bad boy up. Um, there's no room for your ego when you're writing copy. In fact, like the, uh, um, that your ego is your enemy when you're writing copy. Um, and that inner critic that everybody has, that's really the personification of that, um, of that ego so um so i basically i have 10 rules for fast writing and uh rule number one is writing is rewriting and ernest hemingway said it best the first draft of anything is shit <laughs> <laughs> it's true and it's true to write great copy you've got to be willing to write bad copy um, and by bad copy, you know, I don't mean like phone it in, but it's like, it's less than optimal. Um, but it's okay. And the faster you get something on paper, the faster you can start to improve it. So you're going to rewrite anyway. Um, I know a lot of rookie copywriters love to like throw their first drafts out there to clients, um, and say that here's your copy. Um, that's not the way we do it at money map. In fact, um, you know, a promo of mine that, you know, might be an hour-long VSL, um, I rewrite it, you know, seven times. Um, so there's a lot of rewriting. But that now, whole... now, can I interrupt? You're not a yeah. chess beater. I, I know that. But um, a, a promo that you rewrite seven times, how much does – with everyone understanding you get a royalty for it, how much gross dollars, how much money does – something like that bring in on a good day you mean in royalties no no in total i don't know on a good day maybe half a million i mean i've had copy that did a million in a day 
Um, but yeah, I mean, pretty significant amount of money and a lot yeah. of royalties on the line. Yeah. So, um, the, you know, the only reason I ask that is to point out that, well, we're talking about real money, but also that it's worth rewriting it seven times because when you get it to that level, it can really perform. Absolutely. And it's worth it that way when you're a rookie copywriter too, and you're out there trying to make your name in the business, right? Because, you know, the more good copy I wrote, the more word got out that, you know, this guy's writing great copy. I need to hire him. Right. So, um, you know, the better you can do with your copy, of course, the better your career is going to be. I mean, this is a results first business. But, uh, you know, this first draft, it's just, you know, it is what it is. It's something, it's like, it's almost like a brain dump. You know, you're getting things on paper. And really, your first job with that, um, with that draft is to get into flow. So um, I'm going to talk about uh, fast writing rule number two, and that's know your stuff. Um, the guy who's the head copy chief at, at Money Map, and he's my writing partner. Um, he says the reason that I'm such a great copywriter is that I know my stuff forward and backward. And a lot of writers, you know, they start out with that intimidating black, blank sheet in front of them, and they get uh, writer's block, right? The only reason you get writer's block is because you don't know enough. And if you are staring at that blank, blank page, you want to get in and you want to do more research. So that research is like is key. Um, and when you're writing emails and lists and ads and advertorials, um, there's like basically four things that you can do um, to really get prepped. Um, the first thing that you could do, of course, is you read the promo or you watch the promo if it's a VSL. And basically you can cut and paste lines out of that VSL and use those in your ads and lists and emails. You may have to put them together, you know, with a little bailing wire and chewing gum. Um, but hey, that's what a cop good copywriter does, right? So you just connect all those things together. Um, the second thing to do is to read the promo or watch the VSL and uh, write down all the best ideas, all the most intriguing ideas that you hear um, or, or read in that, um, in that copy. And each one of those ideas is a good lift or an ad or an advertorial. So, I mean, you gotta know that one idea forwards and backwards, not the entire subject. And, you know, it doesn't matter what that idea is. It doesn't have to be the, you know, best idea in the universe. You know, it just has to be one idea. It's that rule of one. I mean, that is the, that's the key to being a good copywriter. Yeah, let me, uh... Let me comment on that. I, I think it's a really good point. You're going to have probably your best idea as the theme of your promo, but you're going to have a lot of other ideas in there to support it or to keep it interesting or um, to illustrate it or to engage the customer. And any one of those ideas could be um, the start of a great advertorial because the purpose of the advertorial or uh, a lift, an email, an ad 
is not to sell the person on the product. It's to sell them on finding out more about the promo, about the It's product. to sell the click. <laughs> yeah. And so that does not require as much heavy lifting. So something that might be like a supporting cast idea in your main promo could actually be the star of an ad or an email. Yeah, and we've we've seen it many, many times. Like, you know, I just wrote this big crypto promo. And, you know, one of the ideas that we talked about in there was uh, Fidelity was uh, going to allow um, Bitcoin in their 401k plans. We, we made a bunch of ads and advertorial about it that were kicking butt. Um, so, I mean, there's just that's just, you know, one one simple example. Yeah, and, and the promo itself was not about fidelity allowing Bitcoin. In the not at all. Not at all. That was, uh, you know, a line 20 minutes into the into the video. Okay. That's but a it's a powerful point. idea. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. It's great stuff. Okay, what's next? Um, fast writing rule number three is set goals. Um, Ray Bradbury says, the faster you blurt, the more swiftly you write. Um, so I always set a goal for myself of how many words in X minutes. If I'm writing a, um, like a, if I'm doing a first draft on my VSL, you know, I'm going to set a goal to do at least 1,500 words a day. That way I can get that, um, I can get my first draft done in a week or 10 days. Then there's the Eugene Schwartz hack, probably most people know that. And that's uh, set a timer for 33 minutes and write for 33 minutes and then like take a 10 minute break. If you're writing lifts, ads and advertorials and stuff, that's great advice. Um, and, you know, you don't have to do it exactly the way Eugene Schwartz did it. Maybe 20 minutes works better for you. Maybe 45 minutes works better for you. You know, find that find that sweet spot. Um, but I do find that when I'm. Uh, when I'm writing uh, a VSL that, you know, you get into that writer's trance. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, but that you get in that writer's trance and you don't want to, you don't want to get up. You don't want to take a break because everything's flowing. Yeah. Yeah. And there you just, you let it flow. But for, you know, writing emails and all, you know, and that stuff where you're writing fairly short copy, um, it's great to, uh, you know, chunk up your time a bit. And as time goes along, you get better and better at hitting those goals. And when you do, you, the, the act of setting a goal, um, it releases uh, dopamine. And that dopamine gives you a bit of a high. It motivates you um, to, you know, to take productive action. And, um, you know, you also get that when you get close to achieving that goal. So it becomes like this, you know, neurotransmitter happy loop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that's very cool. All right. So uh, fast writing rule number four, write an outline. And it just has to be a quick and a dirty outline. Um, the first part can be the hook. And then you've got your body. And in that body, you want to build curiosity. And then at the end, you want to have a call to action, you know. And remember, again, you know, you're, you're selling that click. 
And um, the, the key, though, is to build that curiosity, to open up a loop that can only be closed when you click to the promo. Um, that is like your ultimate goal. And um, our friend, our uh, mutual friend, Mark Joyner, um, he wrote about, about curiosity in a book of his, um, uh, what was the name of the book? Um, the Irresistible Offer? The, um, no, Mind Control Marketing. I think he talks about it in, in The Irresistible Offer too, but Mind Control Marketing is really a great book. Um, if you're out there and you're a copywriter or a marketer, you should buy the, find that book. Um, I think he sells ebook versions of it. Um, I have a printed one. Um, but in that book, he talks about something called the Zagarnik effect. And the Zagarnik effect, um, it says that people like stories to be complete. That means they love to have that loop closed, right? And if you're like leaving them incomplete and you're leaving that um, open loop, and the only way they can satisfy that curiosity is to click on the, on the link and go to the promo to close that loop. It's a, just an ingenious way <laughs> to get a lot of clicks. Um, and yeah, remember, you know, you're selling the click. You're not, you're not selling the product. Okay, that's that's. Our rookie good. copywriters get that wrong. <laughs> I know um, a lot of clients do too. They're so in love with their product that they they insist that you tell the whole story in in an email or an ad, and it ruins things. Yeah. And you don't need the whole story. You only need part of that story. And if the rest of the story is on the VSL or the, you know, or on the sales page, then bam, you know, get people so curious they have to click and find out how to close that loop. That sounds good. So what's the next rule? Um, writing rule, fast writing rule number five is to write with energy. Um, in fact, writing fast is all about having energy. And that energy it helps you tap into emotion. And remember, people act for emotional reasons. They buy, they click for emotional reasons. They may justify it with logic, but um, you know what makes people do things is not logic. It's, it's all, about, um, all about emotion. And any good copywriter knows that. So writing with energy is re really gonna help you to tap into that emotion. Okay. Fast writing rule number six is get focused. Um, get free of distractions. Turn off your phone. Turn off your email. Um, unconnect your internet if you need to do that. Um, the more distractions that you have, the slower you're going to write. Um, so you've got to have some discipline um, and um, you've got to set boundaries. Like uh, I moved, um, I've been in the office for like 14 of my 17 years as a copywriter. Um, I had my own office and when the pandemic hit, I moved my office home. And uh, the first rule I made is that when that door back there is closed, do not disturb. <laughs> do not knock on the door unless it's an emergency. And it, took a little while to get people conditioned into it. But I mean, now no one goes to that door <laughs> unless it's an emergency. And then, you know, then I don't mind. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, set that's, those boundaries. That, that's a problem um, 
um, for a lot of people who work at home. We had um, Carlene Anglad Glade on the call, and when she was working at home, she had two young kids, and she said, you know, unless something is stuck in your eye, you go to see dad. I'm writing. I'm at work. Um, worked. Exactly. And once you ring that flow and somebody interrupts that flow, I mean, it doesn't come back right away. It may take another half hour or an hour to get back into that flow. And, you know, that that's ruin for a writer. <laughs> right? When you're in flow, you, you need to stay there. Okay, so I hope everyone is working at home and has been casual about this. Here's my cap because that's a really important point. Yeah. Um, fast writing rule number seven is trust the process. So all the stuff I just talked about, okay, trust everything you've done up to this point. Trusting that process is where um, the rubber meets the road. And we just talked about this focus, and um, maybe I should have talked about this then, but, you know, Avoid rabbit holes. <laughs> it's easy to get in a rabbit hole, you know, drop into a rabbit hole um, while you're trying to write. And you might think, oh, I'm going to get some really juicy stuff out of this, right? But you're not writing. And you get paid for writing, right? Get all that research done up front, and then you're not going to have a problem. You'll be able to um, you'll be able to focus better. But just trust this whole process that it works. Um, because it does. You know, the thing about trust, I, I agree with you, but I'm thinking of a possible problem people might have. Trusting the process could seem weird when you say, God, what I'm writing is shit. Um, th this process doesn't work at all. I've got to go. No. Hemingway said your first draft is shit. The process is to write shit and then to rewrite it, right? Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, don't be afraid of that. Um, that is that inner critic that's inside your head. That's like, you're not good enough. This copy's not good enough. Or if you're just writing and then editing and writing and editing and writing and editing, you know, you want to blast out that first draft as fast as you can. Um, my, my, uh, like I said, my writing partner, um, Terry Weiss at Money Math, um, when he first started with Money Math, gosh, I don't know, 11 or 12 years ago, um, that's what he used to do is write lifts and emails and advertorials. And he, what he noticed was that um, the faster he wrote them, um, the better that they were. And yeah, he had to go back and edit them for sure. But um, just, you know, writing them fast with that energy um, was, you know, it gave him a lot better results than, you know, slaving six hours over a first draft of a, you know, of an advertorial. Yeah, and you found the same thing, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Um, in fact, uh, another famous uh, Mark Joyner quote that um, um, he was a client of mine, and um, I spent some time with him. Like, I lived with him for three weeks in New Zealand back a long time ago. Um, you know, he says uh, that speed equals money, or that money loves speed. That's it. Money loves speed. And um, that is something I, I live by, that money loves speed. Um, and I don't know how it works, but it's like one of those like freaky, uh, <laughs> freaky things of nature. 
Yeah, that's cool. All right, so what's next? Fast driving rule number eight. Um, you want to shift when you're in, in your writing. We talked about this writing trance. So you want to shift from your conscious mind to your semi-conscious mind. Okay, we're not going totally unconscious mind, but there's a shard of that conscious mind and a, and a big piece of the, of the subconscious mind, and that's where you want to get your head um, when you're writing because conscious writing is work, but semi-conscious writing is easy and fun. Um, so basically, you're, like, you're playing this psychological game with yourself. Um, to get yourself into the writing trance. That, again, that conscious writing, it brings in your logic and your inner critic that tells you, geez, I'm not good enough, or gosh, I need to do it right the first time. Well, you don't. I've never done any piece of copy right the first time. <laughs> never. And I wrote a piece of copy that um, I had 24 hours to write. Um, so It's a very long 24 hours. It, it was quite a long 24 hours, but I used this whole process, you know. I knew that product forward and backward. I did have some help. I had an assistant who was, like, looking through all the product and finding me all the great ideas that, you know, I could write bullets about and, and that type of thing. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, um, you know, there's a lot of speed involved there. And, I mean, I still, like, had three drafts of the thing before I turned it in in 24 hours. Wow. Um, so again, you know, you, you never do it right the first time. Never, never, never. I don't care if you're a rookie copywriter or if you're me who sold hundreds of millions of dollars worth the product. You're never going to get it done right. Um, and that semi-conscious writing, it allows you to make more mistakes. It helps you to give yourself some grace. Um, and it makes you have more fun. And your semi-conscious mind, it, it revels in outrageousness, right? So you can be outrageous, be totally outrageous when you're doing your writing. Because like, you know, our friend John Carlton says, you know, it's way easier to walk it back than it is to pump it up, right? So you can get super outrageous in that first draft. Right. So I would say what you're saying or what me, what I would say for copy is what's more important in your first draft is not the ideas. It's not the correctness, the accuracy, the logic, punctuation. What's most important initially is the energy, the momentum and the fun that you're having. That's what's exactly. really going to give it the lift. And the more fun you have, the better. I mean, man, writing could be a freaking torturous thing. Um, you and I both know that. Um, but the more you can have fun with it, the better. And that first draft is just the perfect time, you know, to really have fun when you're writing. Yeah, I've never figured out how to have a whole lot of fun when I'm proofreading. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. And... A lot of times you're not going to have a ton of fun when you're editing either. <laughs> That's true. Okay, what's the next rule? Um, fast writing rule number nine is to write placeholders to keep yourself in flow. And um, what I like to do is, um, well, there's another writer I follow um, on Facebook, um, Thomas Dean Donnelly. 
talks a lot about writing. And uh, I found that we do a lot of similar things. Um, he's a screenwriter um, and a novel writer. And that, that's, so he's not into like writing sales copy. But, you know, you can learn a lot from any writer. Um, and he uses a process. He calls them IOUs. He calls them IOUZ. I just call them IOUs. And, and they're really like, they're your best friend. When you're trying to stay in flow, you don't have time to go back to your research document and look at, you know, the study proving, you know, um, proving um, how good this ingredient in your supplement works or the study proving, um, you know, a certain type of trade works really well, right? So the best thing you do is just write IOU, the study proving X, or IOU, the name of the government program that you might be talking about if you forgot it. Um, but those placeholders, they really help keep you in flow and help you get that first draft done really quick. And then when you're done with your first draft, then you can go in and you can fill those things in. So it's a major, major speeder upper using yeah. IOUs. Placeholders. Okay. That's really IOUs. Yeah. All right. So um, we're down to fast writing rule number 10. Maybe one of my favorite rules. Um, and that is that writing fast creates happy accidents. Um, Happy accidents, are, they're like one of the like greatest benefits in writing. I know they happen to me all the time when I'm writing long copy, and they happen to me sometimes when I'm writing, you know, an email or a list. I might like get this line in there that's like, oh, maybe, you know, this is a better way to approach this I whole idea. And, um, but if I wasn't writing fast, you know, I might not come up with that. And when I, when I'm done and I'm like reading my copy to start doing my editing, you know, I will, I will look at that thing and I'll say, wow, you know, there's a happy accident right there. And um, that's something that, you know, I may rewrite 99% of the lift or the advertorial or the, you know, whatever the copy around it, or I might change my whole idea when I'm writing a, um, a when I'm writing a VSL. It might just change my whole idea, my whole approach to that VSL in my second draft. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, these happy accidents are the one thing that could really help you, um, um, you know, help you um, set yourself up for success for that second draft. Um, sometimes they happen, sometimes they don't. Um, the last thing I'll say is sometimes you don't even know what a happy accident is. You might not recognize it. So it's always good to have other people reading your copy. And when you work for an Agora company like I do, man, a lot of people are reading your copy. They're all like really good at writing copy. They're all really good at knowing our customer. Um, so, you know, they can help me sharpen things up. Um, but you gotta be really careful about who you're sharing your work with. I, I see people asking for critiques on, you know, on uh, message boards and Facebook groups and some of the, you know, stuff that people write with authority is like, it's total bullshit <laughs> and it's totally wrong. So you got to be careful, you know, who you're sharing that copy with, you know, it should be like someone, you know, 
um, who is at least as good a copywriter as you, um, hopefully um, even better, and um, they're gonna they're gonna help you. You know, when you get up to the big leagues like in Agoras, like copywriting is a team sport. Um, you know, unless I mean there are a few exceptions um, that I know of um, in my company where you know guys they don't they're not sharing that first draft with anybody. But I mean these are people who have you know written for. 10 or 15 years and and um, they, they have a process down pretty good and um, they really know what they're doing right but I mean even for me it's like man I thrive on that feedback oh, that's really there that's we go. Really... there's uh, 10 fast writing rules all right you want to want to do a, a super quick recap sure okay um, okay writing rule number one remember writing is rewriting you're always going to rewrite. Don't be afraid of it. Throw that ego away. You're going to rewrite one way or the other. Rule number two, know your stuff. Okay, read the promo. Cut and paste at first. Um, highlight the best ideas. Um, you can also do news jacking where you go and you find out what's going on in the news. I didn't talk about that. And you can use these like little news pieces um, to uh, generate the curiosity and um and get people to click um rule number three set goals remember you're going to get a good dump of neuro um, transmitters and it's going to give you a high when you're setting the goals and when you get close to achieving them um outline remember it's hook body build curiosity and then the call to action um rule number five write with energy um if you don't have energy you shouldn't be writing wait until you've got energy if you need to take a walk or whatever it is that gives you energy um get focused shut out all the distractions set rules and set boundaries trust the process if you keep second guessing yourself the whole way through you're never going to get a fast first draft done shift from the conscious mind to the semi-conscious mind remember your semi-conscious mind it likes to have fun it gives you a break it's not that inner critic telling you that you're not good enough. Um, rule number nine, write placeholders. Just a simple, I owe you this, and it's going to keep you in flow. Um, and finally, um, you know, look for those happy accidents that you're going to get when you write fast. They can be gems. That's awesome. This is worth so much, and um, I'm so glad you had to um, get help um to pull out what you already knew and we could put it on this podcast so thank you it was painful it was like having a baby or a kidney stone <laughs> oh i'm sorry to hear that <laughs> i'm gonna add i'm gonna add two cents at the end of the episode i know we've gone long but i wanted to get your take on this mike i read your sales copy and i read your facebook posts and it was very clear to me very quickly that you're writing for Two different audiences and the audience that you write for when you're writing copy is not like a lot of copywriters eat their own dog food they try to write for an audience that they're part of you're very good at writing for an audience that you are not part of and you don't <laughs> for sure <laughs> you don't uh, you don't resort to like um cartoonish uh stereotypes or anything like that so i wanted to get your take on 
knowing the audience, because for me, I have clients that I've been writing with for years. And then I have clients where it's one-off product projects. And the longer I know the audience, that seems to be something that's key for writing fast as well. And since you write for an audience that you very clearly know very well, but you don't, you're not part of particularly, um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on writing for that audience so well. Do you think that that contributes to you being able to write faster? Definitely. Um, it definitely helps me write faster. And yeah, I'm not, um, I mean, you know, at Gore, like our target market is, you know, someone who's about my age, but their whole like worldview is completely different than mine. Um, but I understand that worldview. And, um, you know, I've gone to some kind of great lengths to be able to understand it. Um, first of all, you know, my, like my dad had that worldview. Um, a lot of my friends have that worldview. A lot of people I know have that worldview. And I might talk to them about it and, like, dig up some stuff. And there's also a really great book called The Righteous Mind that, that I read that, you know, just takes it even, you know, three steps deeper. Great book. So, yeah, knowing your audience is a big speed in answer. Okay, awesome. Uh, Great question. Before, before we're out of here, if if people want to follow you on Facebook, I get a kick out of your posts, and uh, I don't always agree with everything that you post, but I always get value out of seeing your insights on things. So I definitely recommend people finding you and following you. Is Facebook like the best place to follow you? Um, yeah, I'm not doing like tons of social media here these days. Um, when I became a copy chief, my workload ex expanded exponentially. Uh, so I'm not like posting as much as I used to. Um, but I, I still do. I mean, I love like communicating with all my friends and my marketing friends and, you know, friends around the world. Um, so yeah, you can find me on, uh, on Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com. Uh, forward slash million dollar mic. Awesome. Thank you so much for putting both of you guys for putting this together and delivering it to our listeners. This is one of those, uh, have to go back and re-listen to a couple of times episodes. So I really appreciate you both putting so much into making this happen. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for All right. It, Mike. All right. And if you, the listener, enjoyed this, make sure that you head over to copywriterspodcast.com. You can check out more episodes there. And until next time, thank you both, and we will catch you later. Later. Before we go, a quick question. Would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast? Let me give you an easy way to contact me about that. We've put up a form on GarfinkelMedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to GarfinkelMedia.com and fill out the form. That's GarfinkelMedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriters Podcast. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.